0: Oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy! Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy! Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy! Me, oh my, I have
1: enjoyed that, oh yes Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy! Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, Well kia and welcome back to another episode of Code with Kingi where we are reacting to the All Blacks team that just got named for the Stein Lager series where they will be playing Tonga and in the Fijians twice and... As per usual, when I'm wanting to get things back up and running like I did with the Super Rugby at the start of this year and things at the start of last year, I've got my bro Matt Tawd on to chop it up. So kia ora, Matt, and um, yeah, thank you very much for your
0: time. Yeah, cheers, King. Thank you for uh, bringing me back against all odds. The, uh, the people have spoken, and here we are all the way from Melbourne in and, and semi-lockdown, and yeah, Fozzie's uh, up to his old tricks with a few new faces in there.
1: Yeah, there were... Um... Well, there's two that stand out for me. I thought that the other two or two of the four additions I sort of saw coming, but yeah, the front row and the midfield newcomers were certainly a bit, a bit of a shock, you know, not, not to say that they're not up for the challenge in my eyes, but yeah, not who I'd put down on paper, bro. So yeah, why don't we start off with the props, man, even though both of us don't know a lot about front row play or speaking for myself, I know, I know bugger all, mate, but they've gone with the seven front rowers here, those being Nippo Lalala, Tyrolo Max, Newcomer Ethan DeGroot, Karl Twinakwafe, George Bauer, and Angus Tatavel. Okay, I had a really poor mass here. That's actually only six, not seven. So yeah, great start here, man. Yes. But <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> what happens. Um... I, I take six weeks off the podcast and you know, like I take three <laughs> steps back, bro. Or, you know, just the one step if I'm doing my mass here, bro. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> <failed> you, <mate. laughs> Mike's with you, bro. Like what did you make of the newcomer?
0: Yeah, I think um, De Groot's the, the biggest surprise there. Code with Kingy uh, alumni, George Bauer. Good to see him getting a crack. Um, I think, yeah, off a Tuongafasi. Uh, um, I think he's, he's injured, which I assume is why he's not in contention. But I thought Alex Hodgman was actually a pretty tough out there. I think he's been pretty consistent, really, over the past you know, at least two seasons. And, and he did make the squad last year so i'm a little bit surprised that they've given the group the nod not over him but in terms of the others i mean yeah i didn't think tyra lomax was was that impressive again this year but at the same time it's it's for people like me and you who are 40 kilos below the threshold to be a front row forward it's um i don't know how, how hard i can scrutinize props especially when you've got the pack of the hurricanes behind you so um yeah lomax i'm not not so sure on especially his uh, we'll say his tackle technique. He's known to to get himself in a little bit of trouble there as well, which which the All Blacks usually tend to steer clear of. But yeah, Bauer. I'm happy for De Groot. I'd say I'm a bit surprised. I think I would have rather Hodgman.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it was a big call. Um, I think the biggest. Um, well, just quietly, bro. Before I, I crack into my um, deliberation, Ethan De Groot is also um, an alumni of Coburg Kingi. I was very grateful to have his time on. Oh, yes. Earlier this year, so. You know, not to blow my own trumpet, but if you you look back (laughs) into some of the guests I had last year, bro, you know, a lot of them ended up in and around that all black squad. So if there's anybody out there, any rugby players out there that are looking to take their game to the next next level, you know who to come talk to. But yeah, I mean, I was a fan of his game. I think that, um, you know, for a 22 year old, he really held his own in the games that he went up against the big boys, you know, those Crusaders and those Blues games. But he is one to give away um, a couple of penalties, you know, very similar to the guy that you mentioned before, of Mofasi, that you, you presume that he's come in for. So, yeah, I mean, it's a great opportunity for him. and y- y- I mean, you're not sure that he's actually going to get any game time because they are only the three games for the series. But, you know, I think anytime you're in and around um, the All Blacks environment, it's only going to put you in better stead, you know, for him when he goes back to a South and Stags and when he returns to the Highlanders next year. But you're yeah, similar to you, bro. Like, I can't really like finger point as to, you know, where I want Tyrell hitting in scrums or anything like that. But you, you mentioned the fact that he is also one that gets caught out with his tackle technique. And I, I think that's partly because he is one of the taller buggers. And um, yep. yeah, I know that a lot of those big boys struggle to get in and around the ankles. But yeah, I mean, like Ian Foster mentioned just quietly at the back end of that press conference, or after the team got named tonight, that it, they're looking to be um, a bit more skillful and, you know, running the numbers. And I, I follow this guy. He writes... Um, I think it's called The Chase. It's this guy from Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah And he puts together these um, these really insightful um, sort of analytical pieces um, on the rugby that's being played here in New Zealand and abroad. And two of the names that I've, I'd have i sort of picked up on, you know, reading his bits, was Ethan DeGroote and Tyro Lomax and just their lack of, I guess, involvement in and phase play in terms of the passing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I think that's maybe two areas where, you know, they're going to bring those guys in and get them to work on their game. I know Big Carl was... Uh, one that was looked away from in terms of like his mobility at the 2019 World Cup and not being able to get around the park like someone like an Angus Tarval who's back in and around the squad bro but yeah, big ups to George Bauer a guy that can play both sides of the scrum I mean, just a massive story for him and you know, in terms of the growth and, um, and the stuff that he's done with the Crusaders um, I, I think in large part thanks to Jason Ryan their forwards coach down there bro but yeah, yeah. I think I'll, I'll wrap that up there my man um, like I said, I know nothing about scrum so I think the <laughs> less I talk about it the better
0: yeah, no, same, same for me, and I suppose even the hookers as well stand on the front row theme, like Safo Amor, Dane Coles and Cody Taylor, like, probably not a heck of a lot to talk about there really, is there, I suppose, you know, Ash Dixon, as we, I think we talked about last year, it's sad that it, but he's, he's never going to be an all black, and I suppose this just solidifies it, even after another good season, he's probably getting on a little bit too much, but yeah, Coles, Amor and Taylor, I think that's that's about as safe as you can go really.
1: Yeah, I mean, those, those three were pretty straightforward uh, for that hooking position. It'd be interesting to see, you know, should one of them go down, whether or not Ash Dixon would get the call up, you'd think on form and on experience they would, but, you know, whether or not they'd look to go for someone younger and, you know, maybe like a Takahou, they see him more as a worthwhile investment. You never know, but yeah. you'd hope for someone like a Nash Dixon, you know, should, you know, the unfortunate case of an injury um, come down on Coles, Taylor Armour, Yeah, you'd like to see him in, in that picture. But I think just just quickly from me, bro, I just think the the step up in his game that Cody Taylor has taken, um, he mm. was arguably the the form player of Super Rugby Aotearoa, maybe outside of Damian McKenzie, and a lot of the heroics he had towards the back end of the competition and steering that, that chief side um, into that final. But yeah, I think for me... Pretty straightforward there, but yeah, Cody Taylor, he seems to have taken his game to to another level and hopefully he carries it over to the Test Arena. Yeah,
0: agreed. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, hookers are kind of going through a bit of a try-scoring revolution now and that's, you know, mainly thanks to the line-out walls. But yeah, I think Cody Taylor, like some of those tries that he scored, especially in Super Rugby Aotearoa, were like, you know, just like crazy running lines and like they were like open field tries galore. I just, that was pretty unbelievable. So yeah, I don't think there was ever in doubt that he was going to be in there. It'll be interesting to see if he gets the start though.
1: Well, just on that try scoring, mate, he even went back to the old tap and goes. If you remember, it's around two against <laughs> the Hurricanes, scored it like it was under fives. The really. old so fashioned style. <laughs> he's, he's, he's literally doing it from every area of the park, and um by you know, by any means necessary, bro. So yeah, I mean, we'll roll into the tall timber, my man. Again, this one was pretty straightforward. So we've got five locks there, Sam Whitelock, Brady Vitalik, Patrick Twypul two, Scott Barrett, and the youngster to Vai. I, I guess a name that's been talked about for a while now is Putty Putty Parkinson. He's with the Māori All Blacks, um, but again, he struggled with his injuries um, throughout most of Super Rugby Aotearoa. And although I thought he had a he had a pretty good game on on Saturday night in that Super Rugby Trans Tasman final, ultimately Tupo Valle had probably put together a more consistent season with the Chiefs. You know, considering the the, the growth that that team as a whole had over the course of Super yeah. Rugby Aotearoa and yeah, I mean, the others really picked themselves in terms of experience and class.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think Tupu just, did, just basically did enough to hold on. You know, like once, once he had that, once he was named in the All Blacks last year, probably would have required a, either a significant drop-off in form or, or someone like Parkinson or even Akoi to really, you know, really step up and improve. But that didn't happen and and did, did play pretty well. So, yeah, I don't I don't really have... Too much to argue with from the, the lock selections there, to be honest.
1: All right. We'll roll on, bro. Loose forwards. Do you want to crack on with that?
0: Yeah, mate. let We have, uh, yeah, I suppose the the main talking point there is, is Ethan Blackadder, the new cap. Um, everyone else is a, a cap all black. We've got Shannon Frizzell, Akita Yuani, Luke Jacobson, Dalton Papali'i, Adi Savier, and Hoskins Satutu. What do you reckon about Blackadder's inclusion
1: there? Well, for me, he was another one, one of the standouts from Super Rugby Aotearoa, cut from the same cloth as his dad, um, <laughs> you know, which, which isn't, um, I guess, news to anyone, but slightly on the smaller side, he's not very tall, so I'm not sure whether or not he'd be an international liner option, but shit, he gets about his work, um, he throws his body into contact, whether that be with the ball or without it, and he just seems to have this motor that just goes and goes and goes it's a bit different to what, you know, if we're, if we're looking at him purely as a six, I mean, you look at like Shannon Frizzell, who's a bit more X-Factory. Then you got Akiriwani who's very much so similar. So I think Ethan offers a, a different style to those two. And maybe it's like a horses for courses thing, you know, and, you know, of course, I mean, he's got to be rewarded for the season that he's put together. But mm. um, I think with Sam came out, there's the there's an opportunity now for Ian Foster to really, I guess, test things out with his loose forward trio, you know, whether or not he looks to put Artie there at seven or he keeps Artie at eight and then puts Papa at seven, you know, hoping that um, Sam Kane then just fits back in there and you're not having to shift Artie around, you know, he's well and truly, I guess, in that eight or that six mould. So Yeah. yeah, that's probably the thing for me.
0: Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see what they do in this, um, in this, what are they calling it, Steinlager series, I think, against Fiji and Tonga. Like, Artie Sevilla looked pretty beat up uh, by the end of that season there. So, we're interested to see if they give him a break and just slot Satutu in at eight and maybe Papoliti at seven. And, yeah, Jacobson or Akira Ioane at six. I'm not too sure what exactly they'll do. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Artie gets a bit of a breather. Um, yeah, I think, you know, now's kind of the perfect time to include these guys like Ethan Blackadder and, and just give them a, a give them a run, chuck them in the environment and, and see what happens. So, yeah, I think you touched on Blackadder and, and summed him up pretty well. Like He's a pretty handy all-round player, maybe a little bit smaller than your typical all-black six, but it's not to say he's any less skillful or impactful. Um, I was hoping Cullen Grace would get another crack and I suppose um, it was either Blackadder or, or Jacobson that was going to fall out for him, but yeah, I think, I think Blackadder probably deserved it. I think he had a bit more of a standout season than Cullen Grace this year.
1: Yeah, I do agree with that. I think another guy that would be unfortunate in missing out is Tom Robinson. Mm. I, mean, the, the, I mean, the progression that he made through the season, you know, Akira Iwani off the back of his All Blacks campaign last year came into the Blues and I mean, they were rolling, but then they sort of hit a bit of a wall at that halfway point of Super Rugby Aotearoa and then Tom Robinson gets his opportunity and then then he's the blue standing captain while Patrick is injured. And, I mean, as much as he has a larrikin off the field, you know, he's no, he's no nonsense when he's, you know, between the white lines. So, and he's also a, a taller option. So I think he provides maybe a better... Um, a, a better option at line-out time for the All Blacks. I mean, again, like yeah. with foreplay, I'm, I'm no expert with that stuff. I mean, I'm not, I'm not an expert in anything to do with rugby, really. I'm just here to throw my opinion around, but I'm a bit more confident with the back play, bro, put it that way. So, yeah, I mean, like, again, like you said, I think Ethan Black had it um, well and truly deserves um, his, his naming in, in, in the Stein series squad, but yeah, I mean, you touch on the point that you're not sort of sure what the All Blacks are going to do. I think with it being the first game of the year, they'd look to put their best 15 out that they've got available. But, mm-hmm. you know, like with all due respect, Tonga and Fiji don't pose the greatest threat to the All Blacks. Yeah. So is it, is it a matter of, the, you know, they go out and play Tonga, put their best team out there, do a job, and then with those other two tests give the newcomers or, you know, maybe the fringe guys or the guys who wouldn't usually be in the 23, give them an opportunity to see what they're made of. I don't know. But yeah, like you mentioned, Adi Sevilla, you know, I, I thought he did really well to come back from that knee injury as quickly as he did. Yeah. And then, you know, with, with the style of rugby that he plays, um, he, he was well and truly beat up. I, I remember that, um, that last press conference vividly with Nani Lamapi, he just seemed like a, like a man who'd done all that he could. Um, well and yeah. and, and um, more than into his rest. Um, building into this All Blacks campaign, bro. So, yeah, it it, it is going to be interesting to see how that four-pack plays, and we're going to have to wait a week and a half to see what Ian Foster has up his sleeves, bro. But um, rolling into the backs, uh, again, the the halfbacks, one of the newest additions is Finlay Christie, the Blues 9. He's joined by, you know, no-brainer Aaron Smith and Brad Weber. So um, for those of you that maybe... Aren't aware of this, the current situation with the All Blacks, and are wondering, you know, why TJ Perenara isn't in the mix when Bowden Barrett was playing over in Japan, Brodie Retallick was over in Japan. Um, so the deal is, from what I've read, that Bowden Barrett and Retallick had clauses in their contracts to say that they were still contracted to the New Zealand Rugby Union while they were playing over in Japan. They'd earned their sabbaticals, whereas TJ Perenara was actually off contract and took up. Um, a contract in Japan for this year and he wasn't actually meant to be back he's only come back because of what's happened with COVID Um, and in order to be eligible for the All Blacks um, you need to have played a game and because he didn't get any game time for the Hurricanes um, he's not going to be able to join the All Blacks until the end of your tour once he's played for Wellington so yeah I guess that's just a massive boost for Finlay Christie um, who's you know amongst that Blues trio of all uh, not all black sorry halfbacks with Sam Nock and Jonathan There's, It seemed to be a bit of a turnstile they each get their own turns but I guess as the season went on he, he really made that nine jersey his own and you know now he's um accomplished you know the the ultimate of being named in the best team in the world
0: Yeah Yeah I'm stoked for, for Nick Christie. like he's been a bit of a journeyman I think he had a, a season or two at the Hurricanes a couple of years ago, um, and then obviously, as you touched on there, like when he, even when he went out to the Blues, it was a bit of a revolving door with um, Sam Nock, Jonathan Rudu, and himself. So, yeah, he's been um, he's been bloody good this year. Um, his, his passing, I think, is, has improved pretty steadily, and his support play has always kind of been his strength, which I suppose is very similar to, to how TJ Pernada plays as well, and Brad Weber to be fair, so um, yeah, I think I think he, he'll be absolutely fine when or if he gets his his debut. Um, and he's probably, you know, he's been, I don't want to say fortunate, but a, a benefit of his situation where he is in, in Auckland. Like it's it's kind of like how Brad Weber um, a few years ago, like he was he was getting ousted for Te um, Toiroa and he eventually broke through to a regular starter and, and then he found a spot in the All Blacks. And I think that's similar to how... Finlay Christie's um, found himself into the team here. He's just earned his spot at the Blues and then that's kind of transformed into an all-black spot.
1: Patience truly is a virtue for that fella. Um, It is uh, indeed. uh, And like I mentioned with those other two, I thought it's pretty straightforward, but I think for me, uh, you know, although I go on and on and on about Aaron Smith, um, I mean, the guy, Mm. he's taken as, you don't think that a guy can just keep getting better and better and better um, and what is he, 32 now, but he has. He's Mm-hmm. You know, to, to me, you know, even this was a couple of years ago, he was the greatest All Black halfback. But I think he's well and truly stamped that now just with the way he's able to dictate play. And I think, you know, as, as much as I am a fan of Mwanga as well, I think for the All Blacks building towards that next World Cup, I'd like to see a lot more of their game revolve around Aaron Smith. Now, I know that it, it already does in terms of with the speed of play and um, the style, but I think if they can maybe give a little bit more control to Aaron Smith, maybe that mm-hmm. might take a bit of pressure off Richie Wonger or Bowden Barrett, depending on who's playing in that position, bro. But, yeah, I, just that was just a, a quick side note for me, bro, just with the, the way that he ran that Highlanders team. You know, they didn't have Tony Brown for that Trans-Tasman competition. I think they had, like, close to a dozen injuries throughout, mm-hmm. you know, both Super Rugby campaigns, and they still somehow made their way to the final of this competition that's just gone by. And, you know, that was all off, really, the back of Aaron Smith.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was unbelievable. Like, if they didn't have Aaron Smith, I don't think they would have got you know, close to the finals. I mean, I mean, that's that's just probably a stretch because they're just playing against five other Aussie teams. But um, yeah, to to win, especially that game in, in Canberra, I mean, they they the Brumbies in the final round to you know get that points differential. Like, I just don't know how that ever happens without Aaron Smith. Like, he's just amazingly good at speeding up the game and and putting the the ball on a platter.
1: He's literally on another level. Like it just—it looks like he's two steps ahead of everybody else that's on the paddock, including the referee. So, yeah, yeah. fingers crossed. Um, the All Blacks forwards can get the business done, and they just—you know—leave him to do his job. And he's got that capability of winning games. You know, with the form that he's in, by himself almost. For sure. All right, bro. First fives, again, pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't think there'll be too much to talk about here. Um, obviously Richie Mong has had another. Outstanding season, Barrett. Well, I have no idea how he's played in Japan. But I can only assume he's um, he's carved up over there. So, yeah, I assume that they'll give him a pretty good run in these first uh, in these first two games before the rugby championship. And and yeah, just get his legs back under him after spending a couple of weeks in hotel quarantine. I assume that'll be the case.
1: Yeah, well, his team made the final over in Japan, so um, I guess that. Shows that he did have a pretty good season over there. But again, I don't follow the the, the, the Japanese league, so <laughs> I have no idea um, what the quality of rugby is like, you know, for a guy like him. And then, yeah, I guess that third ten cover for them will probably be Damian McKenzie, who's um, been named in the outside backs. But again, mm-hmm. I think Richie Morgan gets first opportunity, you know, given that he was in New Zealand and steered that Crusaders team to their successive title. And again, I, I think this is, you know, again, a big year for him. Um, in terms of trying to translate all of his prowess to the test level and depending on what they do with that 1015 playmaker role you'd think that that's out the window now um yeah. and hopefully that gives him you know, it gives him more of the reins to just let him run the show rather and than, than wondering you know whether or not he's stepping on bodie's toes or whoever's playing at his 15's toes you know that the team as well he truly his to drive around the park
0: yeah yeah i think that'll be the case it's um yeah, it seems, seems to be like a bit of a no-brainer given how good Wong has been this year.
1: Yes, yes. All right, midfielders. Um, we've got David Havili, Riku Iwani, Braden Enor. Antonina Brown's been named, even though he's just undergone a minor keyhole surgery for his elbow. And then the last of the newcomers, Quinn Tupaya. Do you want to add anything there? Were you, what were you like with that um, with that last selection? Um.
0: Yeah, Quintipa is an interesting one. I think he was he was injured for a good chunk of the year. I just quickly had a look um, before we, we hopped on the pod. He's only played seven games uh, across you know, Super Rugby Aotearoa and Super Rugby Trans-Tasman. So it's not a heap of time under his belt. But, I mean, one can only assume that he was already kind of on the All Blacks radar prior to the season starting. And then he's played well enough when he has got on the paddock to, to impress them. Um, yeah, I think Alex Nankerville was was playing pretty well in Tupai's absence, his, and his, I think he played last week as well. Um, yeah, Thomas, uh, sorry, Peter Amunga-Jensen and like Billy Proxy, I suppose they probably just didn't get regular enough game time. And then, yeah, it's just just so happened to, to work out for Tupai. Um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't sound like super excited about it, but keen to see what he can put in.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure I'm sold on the selection. And I I mean no disrespect by that, but you mentioned the fact that he's only played just over half a dozen games this year. And Mm. as good as he looked in some of those games with ball in hand, I think that he is still maybe not quite there defensively. I think the thing that the Chiefs did really, or what worked well in his case, was the switch with him and Anton Lennar-Brown. So Lennar-Brown went from 12 to 13. And Quintu Pye moved in one and like a lot of the running that's done at second five is a lot more direct and you're not really yeah. having to to link up with your outsides like you do at center and then even defensively I mean it's a it, it might not seem like that big a difference but again with communicating with your outsides to let them know that you know they've got them on the inside and telling their wingers to come in and jam and whatnot I think that that's something that I think Quinzu Pai maybe didn't have to take on board so much this year in comparison to last year where I think he got found out in patches and yeah I I mean like the the kids um the kid I mean he's only a couple of years younger than me but he's (laughs) he's come through the grades I mean I'm pretty sure he was a New Zealand secondary school's captain I think he played two years of 20s and he was thrust into the super rugby arena at quite a young age so he's certainly got a lot of pedigree and it's not to say that he doesn't have the skills yet but yeah, I am sort of shocked by that um, that selection. Given someone like a Leicester, Flying Anuku, showed that he was more than capable to play yes, in, in, yep. in the midfield. You know, albeit maybe the All Blacks coaches know something that I don't. You know, maybe less is just the product of playing in a really, really good team. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you mentioned the fact of someone like an Alex Nankerville. You know, and you know, this I'm not just saying this because the guy um did give up some time to talk on my podcast, but I rate <laughs> I rate him like yeah he's he, he's a guy that always comes in, does the job, isn't it spectacular? And maybe doesn't put you know together the barns doing runs that Tupaya is capable of. But in terms of an all round game, similar to like a Michael Collins for me, but even then, I put Alex Nankaval ahead of him, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I you think, know, for think whatever reason, was... yeah, he's just like not seen the same. Same with Clayton McMillan. I think that when once Quintu Pire, um got himself back fit and um, firing. He was thrust like straight back in there, so yeah, I yeah, heard the it, feel for Alex.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and I don't know if his, if they just look at age, I think they've got you know two or three years between them, Tupai and, and Nankerville. so maybe that's a maybe that's a factor. Um, yeah, Braden Eno as well, like you know he's coming back from from ACL reconstruction or knee reconstruction, I should say. So like, I mean he was he was. Fine this year, I think, but he's probably another one that um, I'm not absolutely sold on in the midfield, um, especially if he's going to be playing centre as well. Like, yeah, defensively, not outstanding. So, yeah, I think you know, usually the All Blacks have kind of an embarrassment of riches in the in the midfield. Like, you know, we've gone on a year where um, Nani Lamape was struggling to even be selected for the team, or wasn't being selected for the team, and then here we are, kind of discussing a, a potential weakness so yeah i'll be i'll be keeping a very close eye on how this plays out i think
1: yeah definitely i think that out of all the positional groupings that we have in the team this is probably the one where we've we lack depth or experience mm-hmm. um and yep. you know all, all, all those guys that got named there you know like they are they're, they're great footy players but you know i'm i'm just not sure of the combination and you really need to know that combination in the midfield unlike probably anywhere else on the paddock. So, you know, like, does David least start at 12 and Anton Leonard Brown at 13? Or is Ricky Owani at 13? Are they, are they still going to go ahead mm. with that project? You know, do they look to put Leonard Brown at 12 and then try and get Braden Enel back in there, you know, considering the lack of football that he's played? You just don't know. But, yeah, Ian Foster has to nail this stuff, arguably, this year to, to get his contract renewed. But even then... Um, if, he, if he's still mucking around with it and gets to kick on, you know, we're then only a year out from the World Cup, so yeah, yeah, I mean I've already, I've already had my um, bit to say on, on Ian Foster and he's got another <laughs> year to prove me wrong, bro so yeah, I, I, I won't get into that too much, bro. but um, why don't we wrap it up outside backs, do you want to take it away there?
0: Yeah, mate so we have Geordie Barrett George Bridge, Will Jordan Damian McKenzie and Sivu Rees yeah, I'll be, I'll be completely honest. Um, after seeing Damian McKenzie last year, I was genuinely concerned as to whether or not he'd get back to his pre... What, did he have an ACL injury as well, I think?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. Pre, yeah, yeah, like his, his pre-injury self. But I think um, this year he's, he's proven well and truly that he's um, back and, and perhaps better than ever. So I'm stoked to see that and, and I'm stoked to see him. Back in the All Blacks, as you said, he's probably a, a backup ten as well, um, but I think he's he's undeniably best at fullback. So hopefully we do get to see him there. George Bridge was was pretty quiet this year. I think he he missed a good chunk of the start of the season. I'm going to say chest injury, but I'm just throwing things yep. out there now. Yep, you got it. <laughs> hey, look at me. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I don't know. I've never been huge on George Bridge, and and I kind of remain that way so I'm not I'm not massive on him but at the same time there's um there's pretty pretty tough argument to make that someone else should be taking his spot you know like Caleb Clark's at the focusing on the sevens now so that's that's a wing that you've got to replace and and I imagine that bridge is the beneficiary of that
1: that's a, that's an interesting talking point that, that you raised here had Clark stayed do you think that they would have dropped George bridge or do you think they would have dropped maybe a midfielder knowing that Riku Iwani can play in the outside backs.
0: True. Very good point. And from what I remember, I think they did have George Bridge playing like that kind of second fullback slash wing kind of role, like the the Ben Smith wing Mm -hmm. kind of role last year. So was it last year? I think it was. So yeah, they seem to kind of really heavily or put a lot of importance on that. So, so maybe they wouldn't, maybe they're, they're really happy with, with what he does there, but yeah, that's Caleb Clark, I think he would have been a, a shoo-in for the team given how good he was for the All Blacks. So, yeah, maybe it would have been Bridge. Maybe it would have been Tupuia that missed out. I'm gonna, yeah, I want to say Bridge just because, just because that's my my personal opinion. <laughs> what do you reckon?
1: Um, I, I I guess with me raising the point, I probably would have gone the other way. Just with I think Enor's probably got a bit of toe there as well, so he can cover the outside backs along with Iwani. Yeah. Then you got Havili who seems to be able to play anywhere. I mean, he's played 10 for the Crusaders and won his absence. But yeah, I, I think the the rest of that, um, those outside backs, you know, given what we see in the midfield, I mean, the, I think they're more than um, deserving to be there, bro. But if you were picking that All Blacks outside back trio, given what you've seen this year, who would you go with?
0: Um, I think Jordy Barrett is, is a lock for me. I think even with Damian it-
1: McKenzie's performances this year?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think having a, a goal kicking boot like that is, is massively valuable. Like being able to slot it from almost 60 meters. I think that's that's a huge asset. I think yeah, I think like defensively as well, I think Geordie Barrett, he, he doesn't have the greatest reputation, but I actually think he's he's pretty solid and and definitely a better defender than McKenzie, which is obviously pretty important at fullback. Reese, I'm a big fan of. Have him on the right wing. And yeah, honestly, I'd, I'd have probably Will Jordan on the other wing as well. But uh, yeah, that's definitely not what Ian Foster is going to be going for.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, what, and then you'd have who? Oh, does Mackenzie miss out on the 23 altogether with Bert and Barrett on the bench? Yeah.
0: hmm That's a good point you make. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I'd obviously have to see how Barrett's playing post Japan. Like, i have completely taken his foot off the gas, but I, I highly doubt it. So um, if Barrett is yeah, close to what he was before then to Japan, then yeah, I probably would be um, leaving Damien McKenzie out of the 23, which is kind of contradictory given uh, given the reps that I just gave him a few minutes ago. But yeah, that just talks to the the skill of the New Zealand outside back. So there's, there's plenty of talented ones going around. And sadly, old d not falling into favour with me.
1: But isn't isn't it just amazing though that, given that he was arguably the MVP of Super Rugby Aotearoa, the guy can't even make the All Blacks twenty three. <laughs> you know, yeah. right, you know, you know how like people say that you know, you know, if you're picking a team on form, you know, McKenzie probably would be your starting fullback, but there are so many other factors that go into picking this team, and you know, I, I'm of the same mindset as you. I think I'd like to see Jordy Barrett play at fullback. I thought that he was excellent last year and didn't get his opportunity there like I thought he should have. And even this year, he was just like probably just the product of a um a pretty run-of-the-mill Hurricanes team. I think without him, they probably would have been a lot worse off. So I'd yeah, like to see agree. him at 15. Bowden Barrett, I think I mean you can't not pick Bowden Barrett, unfortunately. I mean, I'm a, yeah. I'm a massive fan of his, but you know, like I, I think if if I was thinking about it from, I guess I'm not, sure, I'm sort of lost for words here, but you know, from a fair perspective, I'd like to see McKenzie in that 23 year old because I think he does add that spark off the bench. I mean, like, I mean, mm. Bowden Barrett showed before he was, you know, the two time player of the year that he was, he was the McKenzie before McKenzie in terms of adding that, that spark plug um, in that last 20, 30 minute range. But yeah, I mean, you just can't pick a two time player of the world, two time world player of the year and just have him not be in your team so yeah unfortunately mckenzie misses out there on the wing i think that sever reese put together a pretty good season off the back of um you know bugger game time for the all blacks last year i think he went away did some work and came back an even better player and again he's like that that little pocket rocket on the wing and then yeah on the left i I think that's like you said i think it's going to be a toss-up between george bridge and will jordan and I'm probably a little bit different to you, bro. I like George Bridge. He does remind me of Ben Smith. Um, He has missed a fair chunk of rugby and probably isn't back to his best as of yet. But I sort of look at him as a player who just plays better the higher the level he goes to. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that with the experience that he's already had, both with the Crusaders and their winning ways and, and with the All Blacks, I think that he probably deserves first shot. But who knows, you know, like Ian Foster went out of his way to fit Caleb Clark into the team last year just to add something different because teams probably didn't have the scouting report on him. And maybe that's Will Jordan this year. Because, I mean, he showed an ability to still break open games, you know, when he was probably like the the biggest talking point for the Crusaders coming into um, the Super Rugby season, bro. So, yeah, maybe, you know, Ian Foster will surprise me if, if he goes with WJ. But, yeah, um, I think if he's going to follow the same route that he did last year he's probably going to stick to some pretty stale selections bro and you know hopefully we get the wins well well in my case i I hope as much as i hate to the all Blacks lose maybe that you know that's a that's a small price to pay if we can get razor into the job as quickly as possible bro but yeah
0: (laughs) i wouldn't mind that at all
1: (laughs) i would happily take
0: a a couple hours to see razor in there for sure
1: maybe not to tonga and fiji but um (laughs) 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 but can you imagine (laughs) Uh, the country try, would burn uh, to
0: the ground, I think.
1: Y- you'd rights. almost have to the second like the next day, eh? No. <laughs> yeah,
0: make a big statement. Put them in front of the cameras at eight a.m. on Sunday morning, and be like, "You're gone. Don't even try explaining yourself. You can say your goodbyes to the
1: media and off you trot." Seriously though, that like, I'm being fully serious right now. Like taking all the the taking all the piss-taking out of this. If Ian Foster lost to Fiji. <laughs> <laughs> Would they second him? Like, do you do you think that the user rugby team would have the balls to do it? I don't Oh, it's so
0: hard because that's just not in like the sport culture over here, especially rugby. But I mean, especially the, like, the Fijian the team that they've named, they, they can't get a release for half of their players that are based in Europe. So like it's it's a really really is a weak team. And if they did lose, I think you'd have to. You'd just have to get rid of them. Make a statement. Yeah,
1: all the Tongans for that matter. Not yeah, to take anything away from the Tongans here. But yeah, it it would be almost inconceivable for the All Blacks to drop a game like that. But yeah, I guess I'm just thinking outside the square and (laughs) yeah, probably wishing too much evil towards Ian Foster. But yeah, that's a wrap of the the All Blacks, the 36-man strong team that they've named for the Steinleger series again against Tonga and Fiji, bro. So Yeah, we've got a week and a half to sort of mull things over and wait for that first team to get picked. And then, yeah, All Blacks footy is back. Let's go. All right, my man. Appreciate your time, bro.
0: Always a pleasure, mate. Thank you very much.